All right, everybody. We're joined today uh, by Jordan Dahl. Jordan, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Really, of course. Really glad My to pleasure. Have you on, man. What's the name of your podcast? Uh, Ships in the Night. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, I've never I've never paid attention to anything that you've said outside of... I, I haven't promoted it well. I haven't done the podcast in a month even. It's going to be the most... Uh, I'm very sorry. That's like one of the most I, insulting things to say out of the gate. What the fuck are we doing again? <laughs> What's a podcast? Shouldn't you be wearing headphones? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. If only to get down and talk to my good friend. Oh, thanks, man. Um, yeah, the the premise of the, this goofy little podunk show mm-hmm. is just... Um, do you want to tell me or do you want it to be a complete surprise? Ooh, yeah. Let, let's just figure it out as we go. Let's see. If is it can... complicated? Or are you going to like pull a steam whistle at some point and I won't know what to do? There, are, There's going to be games and there's going to be quizzes and there's going to be a bomb disarmament. Okay, disarming let's do it. Oh, God, I've disarmed so many bombs today already. <laughs> That's fine. I'm probably not rusty. We'll probably live. Well, I mean, if we don't, at least we died podcasting. Right. Which is... I, I, I'd i call it better than a warrior's death mm. to die podcasting. You go to Podcast Valhalla? Yeah. Just, where you just struggle through conversations all day, <laughs> and then at night we feast. Mark Maron is Thor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my hammer? <laughs> where did I put... Where Have you seen my fucking hammer? about his cats. He's just got a hacksaw. I couldn't find the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> cats have little Thor hats as well. Um, yeah, but they're not like as decorated as Marin's. So uh, he's got like huge horns and right. they've got like little kitty horns. Uh, Thor actually had wings on his helmet. So They've got little kitty wings? Yeah. Yeah. I like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just basically about like examining like what a relationship looks like Mm. and just like uh you know with like comedy and work and life sure uh, there's a lot of people who we're not like super close with right still floating around our circle and we know each other but we're not we're not super close exactly for sure so it's just take this knife cut your palm (laughs) (laughs) uh and yeah so that's it's a lot of that it's a lot of a lot of blood oaths cool man let's do it okay um Let's start off with how we know each other. Okay. And then we'll get into that. All right. The hard-hitting stuff, huh? Yeah. Um, I adopted you, correct? Yep. You were (laughs) my son. Yep. I was floating around bus station to bus station, sneaking on buses uh, in a duffel bag. I had a duffel bag I'd zip myself up in, and I'd just sort of (laughs) hang out by the bus and hope someone would pick me up Uh and think I was part of their luggage. Uh, And one day, you picked up that bag. Yeah. And you were like, wait a minute, what's in here? And you zipped it open. And I grabbed you by the throat and said, don't tell fucking anybody about this. I pulled you into the duffel bag with me. And it was a long trip to Cincinnati. But we, I think we worked it out, man. I, You know, it was, it was tough. But I mm. couldn't be more proud to call you my son. Right. <laughs> you did rename me, which was weird. Yeah, I just... I. I didn't think that a Japanese name fitted you. Yeah. I thought I liked being Hiroshi. <laughs> so good. But you know what? That life's behind me now. You're right. Um, I'm no longer an artisanal rice art boy. Build boy. <laughs> <laughs> rice art boy. <laughs> All right. Um, Let's go with that. What do Japanese people do? <laughs> Um, artisanal sand raker i don't know it's gonna get racist <laughs> yeah anytime yeah what do mm. japanese people do what are they up to over there <laughs> <laughs> by which i'm over there i mean across the street 
I'm peering out the drapes right now. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Okay. Um, know each other. From comedy. Uh, from comedy. Mm-hmm. That's the theme with a lot of my guests. Comedy will try and mix that up later, audience. Okay. Um, I know you... I don't know if mentor is quite the right word, but mm. you're just like, I don't know, you're just somebody I really look up to and respect a lot. Well, thanks, you're man. Like, I like that. How about kindly ever-present wizard? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're Merlin. You really, yes. Yeah, that would actually, that's pretty good. Perfect. You're like, this you're, podcast is over. <laughs> that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> all right, thanks, guys. Um, subscribe. Uh, r- subscribe and rate it. Uh, and, yeah, so, I don't know. You've just been kind of like, ever since i've been in the denver scene mm. just like a looming not like in a threatening way but just like a, an ever-present mm-hmm. I, influence i try on to stuff. be threatening <laughs> it doesn't work remember when i was going around with a knife between my teeth for a while yeah well you had you had a really good like three minutes of knife material yeah so it, it made sense it was hard to understand because i had a knife between my teeth um yeah, no, that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, you've uh, you came on the scene when I'd been doing it for a while, mm-hmm. uh, and you you were you were a wobbly little comedian at first. Yeah, and uh, I've seen you lately, and you're crushing it, man. Oh, that's for sure. That's the kindest lie I've ever heard. No, I'm I'm dead serious. Oh. I told you at Three Kings one time. I was like, hey, man, that wasn't terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we talked about it at Three Kings one time. I was like, dude, you're you're crushing it. You're doing so well, man. Well, thank you. That's. The, the only person whose opinion I care about. <laughs> All right. Done deal. <laughs> Merlin. Um, but that's the thing is that I only know you as this fucking super creative crusher comic. Yeah. Uh, I know like a little bit of other stuff about you like through the grapevine because, you know, nobody can keep anything to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start off with where you're from. You are, aren't... From Americaville. Shut, dude. Shut. What the fuck? <laughs> you put me on blast like that? <laughs> yes, uh, I am. Show us the burst INS. Show us. <laughs> Here it is. It's printed on a graham cracker. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I was born in Scotland. I was born in Aberdeen, Scotland. I lived there till I was about 10 years old with my... Because my dad is American. My mom is... She's a Geordie, which means she's from sort of halfway between Scotland and England. There's okay. this weird race of kind of pseudo they they have no home they are uh-huh. are a displaced people they're like gypsies they, yes they speak a, a strange patois uh english scottish gibberish hybrid okay now uh no they're geordies they're they're fantastic very proud people okay uh and uh she she lived in scotland my dad was in the in the oil industry they met over there mm-hmm. um Lived in Scotland until I was about 10 where when my grandmother died, my mom's mom. Uh-huh. And so we moved to America to be closer to my dad's parents. Okay. And we lived in Eagle, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, did all my high school in there. Learned how to tie a knot, bait a hook, <laughs> shit like that. Uh, graduated, lived in Denver for a couple of years. Moved to Seattle for about a year and a half. Okay. And then back to Eagle and then back to Denver in 2006. 2006. Okay. And I'm so sorry, I can't remember the n- name of... The first town. Oh, Aberdeen. Aberdeen. Yeah, mm-hmm. what kind of place is Aberdeen? It's a shore. It's a harbor town. Okay. Uh, it's kind of a city. It's like metropolitan. It's it's pretty big. Um, um, I wouldn't say Denver big, but maybe like uh, maybe like Colorado Springs big. Um, okay. Is that a good reference to most of the people who listen? Are they from Colorado? 
Um, Well, regardless, let's look up Colorado Springs. (laughs) That's about the size. Uh, Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of an oil town. Okay, they call it the Granite City because there's a big granite quarry, and that like all of the old parts of the city are made out of this real kind of distinct dismal gray. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's all Scotland, isn't it? Though, yeah, yeah, it's all castles and and you know banshees and howling (laughs) howling winds and haggis hunts. What kind of place was it like spiritually? I guess because it mm. sounds like it's kind of like like almost a Boston town. It's like a lot of like working with your hands, sort of. Uh, you know what? Not not so much. I mean, you got to remember, I was about ten years old, so I I only knew it as like as just you know, my mom was a travel agent, my dad worked in the oil industry. Like I said, it's an oil town, so you got mm-hmm. a lot of dudes who uh, who work on oil rigs and stuff, and then come back into town. Uh, for a couple of months and then head back out, but it's it was pretty metropolitan. Like honestly, okay. like when I when I talk about it, I think people expect it to be like, like oh, Christian from Scotland. <laughs> ah! But it was it wasn't. It was I like, I was a mild metropolitan. Okay, boy. Okay. Uh, you weren't like so, Shrek. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exa- like 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 we Scottish Jordan was just like oh I'm from Scotland all right uh, oh. like that kind of thing uh-huh. whereas people expect it to be this kind of Glaswegian like hard case breaking rocks with our heads for a living <laughs> type thing uh, but no not really it's a city you know okay yeah would you say like Scotland or America was more formative to you because I mean those high school years can really yeah do I, some damage I I, uh, I identify as American just because that's I've been here for so long you know I've been here to, shit I was ten when I moved here I'm thirty one now so mm-hmm. way more than half my life uh, has been spent uh, living in America and uh, I remember a lot about Scotland and I'll always have a place for it you know and I I I I think about it a lot and at the time it was devastating because it was mm. like. Like I've built a life here, <laughs> but I've got a girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but at the same time, we we were moving to America. America. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be friends with Michael Jackson probably. <laughs> I'll have a hoverboard. Uh, America. It was. It was this huge like fantasy world where you know all the movie stars lived and everything happens and all mm. of the cool shit comes from there and. Nintendo, probably, even though it was Japanese, I didn't know that. I knew it as American because here's what happened: was uh, we got a Nintendo. Uh, it was huge. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a, a banner day. Uh, and about about six months later, there was one American kid in my class. His name was Stephen, and Stephen came back from America with tales of a Super Nintendo. Oh man! And it sounded so fucking make made up, as I recall. It was just like, oh right, a Super Nintendo. That's not even a good name. Uh-huh. Uh, and he was telling us about Mario, uh, Super Mario Land, and he's like, yeah, and Yoshi rides a dinosaur, or Mario rides a dinosaur named Yoshi. We're like, yeah, okay, yeah, someone's been reading my diary, Nintendo. <laughs> well, please, please, Nintendo, why can't Mario ride a, have a dinosaur friend? That's and it was right. Perfect. A cape? He was like, he's like, yeah, Mario flies around, he gets a cape. I'm like, this is horse shit, dude. You're fucking... So it was, all, it was all pretty fantastical. And then we moved here, and not so much. <laughs> And by then the GameCube was out. Yeah. Although I will say, I mean, I I often think about like I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't be doing the stuff that I'm doing now mm-hmm. uh, if I if I didn't live in America. Like I probably wouldn't be doing stand up and I wouldn't, you know, be pursuing acting and shit like that. Yeah. But maybe I would. Who knows? Was there any uh, entertainment like that out there, or it was kind of trickle down? Yeah. No. Economics? There was, and at at the time it was like this is this is kind of before, um, you know, like a. Uh, like kind of 
third wave stand up type stuff like like there's this kind of comedy nerd community sort of underground thing that's happening i don't know you know san francisco early 90s yeah. up until today sort of uh real interesting voice weird alt type shit mm-hmm. so it was before all of that so the the comedy that i remember in scotland was mainly like uh uh we like there was a guy called russ abbott Okay. Uh, and Russ Abbott had a TV show. He was a Scotsman. Uh, he might, I'm not even sure he was a Scotsman, but he did a character called the Aberdonian. Uh, and Aberdonians are, they kind of have this history of being like, like madmen. Like, okay. it's like, like, oh, fuck, the Aberdonians are here. Like, I, uh-huh. I make it out, like I said, it was, you know, this kind of metropolitan city, but it's like going back, going way back. I, I, again, I was a kid, so I wasn't out in the bars drinking with them <laughs> and seeing what it was all really about. Although we did go back when I was a little bit older, and I almost got fought a whole bunch. Um, <laughs> For being... Why? What? Just because they're angry fuckers. <laughs> oh, uh, Aberdonians are... Yeah, well, I don't know. These kids in the in the, in the the clubs and the pubs and, and shit, okay. you kind of go down and sit, and you're like, I'm having a beer in Scotland. And they're like, you, fuck you. <laughs> like, okay, I'll go back to America now. Um... So I, you know what? Honestly, I think I, I think I don't really have a super good grasp on it. I wish I had a better grasp. I'd like to go back, but mm-hmm. you can't go home again, right? Anyway, uh, Russ Abbott, he would uh, it would be like a stage show. You know, he'd come out and he'd be like, you'd go to the theater and he'd come out and he'd do like a series of sketches and he'd have stories that he'd do. And it was like a one man show type thing. So that's what I remember okay. of that type of thing. Lots of lots of theater performances. Mm-hmm. Lots of kind of you know like two guys with like a funny like duel. Like, name, you know, like Abbott and Costello stuff, or like, yeah, but uh, it, like, okay, do you know who um uh, Mitchell and Webb is? Ugh, Mitchell, not, Mitchell not. and Webb are a great uh a great British uh comedy duo. They did a show called Peep Show. They've got a show called that Mitchell and Webb Look, which is a a, a sketch show. Okay. Hysterical, some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But they do a really funny sketch about these two guys called Pin and Cushion. Mm-hmm. It's like that type of thing. It's like, oh, it's okay. a pun. And then there's these other two guys called a uh, Fish and Chip. Mm-hmm. And it's like berry fish and something chip. Okay. And then like they find out that like like they both break up with each other and then the other two guys join up, so it's fish and pin and <laughs> no, chip and pin uh-huh. and and cushion and fish. And it doesn't make any sense anymore, but like they oh, twist it to make this ridiculous amount oh, of sense. Man. But really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find yourself like just looking up to that kind of stuff, or it was just kind of there? No, I mean it was there, and I always, I was always like that's the type of stuff I was into as a kid. You know, we'd watch all of the comedies and stuff, and there's, there's still like, like early TV shows that we would watch were were huge in the house. There's a, um, God, are you being served? Faulty Towers, we watched a lot of, mm. uh, um. Stuff like uh, Last of the Summer Wine was a really weird one. Keeping Up Appearances. So, like, there's all of these, there's all these, like, sitcoms at the time that we'd watch. And I love that type of stuff. And I was always into acting. Like, I was always, like, a kind of a theater kid. And I took some improv classes when mm-hmm. I was a kid. But uh, as far as stand-up goes, like, I, I honestly never thought that that was ever going to happen. Sure. Never, ever. Um, so what, how did you get into stand-up then? Well, like, uh... I mean, like, middle school, high school, like, that kind of became my identity was, like, you know, funny kid. Like, I yeah. can avoid getting picked on by making people laugh mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's, like, like I was way into, like, uh, like Mr. Show was yeah. huge. And I started getting, like, like way into, like, Monty Python and stuff like that. The Simpsons, seasons, like, two through nine is still, like, my gospel. Like, I can... Yeah. I can quote them all day, every day, and I do, uh, <laughs> but I do it quietly so nobody notices. <laughs> um, 
And so I honestly thought I was going to be a writer. I thought, like, that's what I wanted to do was write for TV, write for movies. Uh, and um, But I, I also wanted to perform. I was thinking, like, sketch comedy, like film acting type stuff. And me mm-hmm. and a couple of buddies would make some sketches. And I had a friend who was a film major, Brett Hiker. You know Brett? Yeah. Uh, he was a film major at CU, so I acted in a bunch of stuff that he made. Um, and then I, uh, I got dumped by the first girl that I ever dated in Denver Ooh. and I was destroyed mm-hmm. and I moved to, moved to New Mexico because like, that's how destroyed you were. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, cause they just started this big, uh, kind of film thing where they were getting all these tax cuts to shoot movies there. And I was like, Hey, maybe I'll go try and stick my foot in the door there. Okay. And I, I did, I got, I, I'm an extra in that movie Legion. Okay. Uh, and allegedly you can see me, Ooh. but, uh, that was the only the only film related work done. No, that's not true. I was uh, I was also a PA on that movie, um, but the most important thing that happened down there was I did stand up for the first time, uh, mm-hmm. just on on some whim. You know, we uh, we we my buddy. I would, like I said, I was destroyed from this breakup, and he was like, "Come on, we're getting out of the house." Uh-huh. Even drinking whiskey and fucking laying in bed for days. <laughs> uh, he was like, we're going to go do stand-up. And so I put together a set, and we went out and crushed. We destroyed. Nice. It was hysterical. Nice. But it turns out that it was just because New Mexico had like just gotten laughter like earlier <laughs> that month. Uh, and we actually went, we did the comedy club down there. Like They put us on like right oh, wow. away. They were like, hey, yeah, come down here. There's this place called Laughs. And uh, when I was at Laughs, I ran into Rick Simone and Kevin Fox in New yep. Mexico, which is really weird because they were like, hey, we're from Denver, too. Mm-hmm. And they saw my second set ever, and they were like, hey, that was really funny. Uh, when you get back to Denver, let's hang out. And I got back to Denver, and I went to the 404, mm-hmm. which was an old – it was a club that used to do shows. That was like the big open mic was the 404 on Friday night. And uh, I went there and just got destroyed, just got <laughs> all of the hope kicked out of my face. Uh-huh. I went up dead last. It was fucking dead silent. Ooh. Everybody was so funny. Didn't do it for a year. Uh, kept doing sketch and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, with a, a group called I Still Your Baby, uh, which okay. there's still I Still Your Baby dot com. You can still see some of the some of the old sketches we did. Um, but then my brother uh, lived next door to the bulldog up here on Colfax, and he was like, he was in there drinking one night, and the guy was like, yeah, we used to do comedy here, I want to do it again, and he was probably, my brother was probably a couple of whiskeys deep, and he was like, ah, my brother's a stand-up comedian, <laughs> which I wasn't at all, uh-huh. and so this guy called me to do an open mic there, and uh, I immediately called Rick D. Simone because he was like the one guy I knew in comedy, I was like, hey, yeah. do you want to host this thing? And he hosted it, but I'd go every week, and, and it was like my own little insular room of four or five people sure. to go and tell jokes to, and it fucking ate my life from there. It, it just it just became an all-consuming passion? Or yeah, it, it yeah, just, yeah. Okay. You know. Well, I I thought for a second that you were like, and then I ate shit there forever. Oh, but, I did. Dude, okay. I mean, there's maybe three people that I know who are just who just jump into it and are great right away. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was not one of them. I was I was a stinker. Oh yeah. What well, What were you? So I mean, the first time you did stand up, it was after the breakup. Did mm. you start talking about life stuff, or you kind of went into the more? I feel I don't want to like typecast your comedy or anything. But yeah, like the more fantastical. Yeah, stuff. it was it was that right out of the gate. It was just okay. you know weird. I've actually got. Uh, my ex-girlfriend got a hold of my first set list that I ever wrote, uh-huh. and she made for Christmas. She made like a like a picture with all of those first jokes in it yeah. and like a microphone behind it, which is super sweet and like a really thoughtful thing to do at yeah. face value. Uh-huh. But like on the back end of it, it's like, oh, cool, a, th- a, th- a framed 
a proof of my past failures that I can be confronted with every day. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, it was a really nice thing to do, but like like when you look at it and you're like, oh, God, I used to, oh, this joke literally starts, what's the deal with weather? <laughs> <laughs> Cracking the code. But, I mean, nobody, no, nobody's figured out what the deal with weather is, though. We That's all ask true, the question. Man. Let me go back to that. <laughs> figure this thing out crack this nut did you do you have any recordings of like the early sets i don't have a lot of recordings quite honestly i don't i don't record a ton um but definitely not not early stuff like it was i was probably like three four years in before i actually no there's there's a really old video of me on youtube at uh kinga's lounge at like some 420 benefit that we were doing which is pretty early stuff Mm -hmm. uh but I mean, honestly, like I, I, it just came, it just came up. Actually, somebody was like, "Hey, send me some videos of some stuff," and uh, I was like, "I don't fucking have any of that." Oh. So I'm actually going. I'm doing a couple of nights in uh, in South Dakota, Hill City, South Dakota, the that booming comedy mecca, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to try to record a couple of long sets so I can kind of chop them up into bits. Cool, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I recently watched some like six month in recordings and yeah uh, of you yeah uh, yeah they're devastating yeah but like you almost feel proud because like i'm not where i want to be now but holy yeah. shit you're like look how far i've come yeah i'm not wearing that weird hat with the neck flap <laughs> i got those skin tags removed <laughs> uh, no it's, it's, it's just like it was just twitchy comedy just yeah a lot of like <laughs> yeah Ugh. <laughs> Way too much head movement for Is that comedy? a python. I thought it was at the time. Just I was seven years old. Sputtering and clicking. <laughs> it's got me laughing. It was it was for a room of beetles. Okay, so. yeah. Well, there. Okay, that makes sense. Actually, yeah. They they were whipped them into a frenzy. <laughs> beetles laugh with their whole body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. Um. So high school, you had a pretty good time then, r- relatively. You were doing yeah. creative stuff, and you didn't. didn't yeah, hate I mean, it, too it, much. it was all right. There was a, it, it was, you know, everybody's got their their shitty high school shit. I was awkward, and of course, uh, girls didn't talk to me, but probably because I was playing Pokemon brazenly in twelfth <laughs> grade. <laughs> uh, Just was no. But yeah, I had I had a lot of fun. You know, we had good friends. We 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 discovered. Sp- smoking pot and taking mm. acid and punk rock music okay and uh and shit like that you know it was uh when i think back on it like there was a lot of like man there's nothing to do in this town uh-huh. but like that's kind of what i enjoyed about it sure it was like well oh, we're we're outsiders you know we make our own fun we swim <laughs> in the river and smoke ditch weed <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was all right no no major uh Major upsets. My mom got my parents got divorced right before I moved to America, oh, and then well. my mom got remarried uh, to a guy who ended up being a bit of a bastard. And so Ugh. there was a lot of there was a lot of that that I was just like, this is fucking super shitty. But then they got divorced, and and yeah, okay. So both mom and dad were in America, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my brother and my mom moved to America, and my dad is still in the oil industry, so he only lives here for like a few months at a time. Okay, but then he'll he'll come back. Mm-hmm. He goes out and comes back. Sure. Mm-hmm. How long did that uh, that marriage last? Was that a pretty quick deal? Or oh, those... with my mom? Um, the, the second marriage, sorry. Yeah, shit. That's a good question. Probably about four or five years. Okay. 
Because it must have been, yeah, it was all of high school for me, or most of it. Part of middle school. Yeah, I'd say four or five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, how'd that happen too? Right around fucking uh, high school age. Yeah. Got divorced. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky time to like have to deal with a stepdad. Yeah. Because he comes in like throwing his weight around. He's like, I'm your new dad. <laughs> you're like, yeah, whatever, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You were my new dad. Why do I call you Andy? <laughs> oh, love it. Good relationship with birth parents, though? Oh, yeah, actually. I was just talking about this with my mom. Like, my parents still get along famously. Like, I ate Thanksgiving dinner with my mom and my dad okay. and my grandma this year. And it's just, it's kind of always been like that. Uh, I don't know if it's great for them, uh, for both of them, but... I would think it's got to be at least good because I mean you can right. you can smile and nod if somebody's yeah. like under eighteen, but yeah, yeah, that'd be a lot of coddling. Like, well, just until Jordan's fifty, yeah, honey, yeah, we yeah. Need to... <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's very cordial, and they they actually seem to have a lot of fun together. And we we kind of we basically spent Christmas together and New Year's and shit like that, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Uh, however, like like it's cool when I see like other people's families, like like. Like, basically, almost every girl that I've ever dated, her parents have been divorced, mm. and it's fucking awful. Like, it's a really, like, they're yeah. really rough. Huh. Like, around the holidays, it's like, it's like, oh, no, they can't be in the same room together. Like, oh, no, we have to go to two different houses. Like, and, and when we go to the second house, you do not talk about the first <laughs> house. So, yeah, it could be, it could be really bad, and I'm glad that I dodged that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I say, I say it like I maneuvered it. <laughs> through. It was my fault they got divorced. Yeah, exactly. And it's my fault they're still speaking. <laughs> Clever political subterfuge. <laughs> Great. That's good. Um, you brought up girls. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have a didn't have a good time with girls. Well, I shouldn't say good time. Easy time with girls in. High school. Did you eventually crack the code? Yeah. Okay. Beards. <laughs> That's the code cracker. Yeah, no, I honestly didn't have like a straight up like steady girlfriend until I was probably like 21, 22. Still into girls? Still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Appreciate yeah. that. That one's still going strong. <laughs> yeah. Um, you ever thought like marriage, is, has that ever like entered the picture for you or anything? Or I guess not even marriage, but just like... Has there ever been like a really serious relationship? Yeah, there's there? been a couple of close calls, if you will. Yeah. Um, but it's like looking back on it, it was all kind of just like in the moment type shit. And I'm much better off that it never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not opposed to marriage. I think it's probably, uh, I think it's, it seems like it's most likely doomed mm-hmm. by and large. But I don't think that's always the case. Okay. I think if it's the right time, it's the right person. Yeah, you can pull that off. Okay. It's hard to do it and be a comedian. Yeah, there was a lot of time and ego that goes into yeah all of comedy yeah i just I, I feel like comics specifically are destined to forever be alone yeah <coughs> that's going in great what <laughs> happened there uh i coughed and i sneezed and all at the same time there's blood in my pants and now. one of your eyes is hanging out <laughs> <laughs> um somebody told me that you you originally and we kind of touched on this a little bit you had a goal of being like a a novelist like you wanted to yeah. write like the next great Well, no, novel. I don't know so much about like anything uh earth shaking, you know, literary work masterwork or something, but mm-hmm. 
I went to school for uh, for English creative writing, and that's uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to wanted to write, uh, be it for film or you know fiction or comic books. Came up for a while. I was mm-hmm. I was really into that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I had a couple ideas for it. it. Would be probably like weird kind of fantasy sci-fi magical realism type shit i was really into like uh i would take like some sort of some sort of fictional element like like a mermaid i wrote a story about a mermaid Mm -hmm. and what that would be like in reality it's about these two kids uh who are just kind of kind of one of them's a real idiot and the other one's just kind of there um and uh (laughs) they're in mexico it's like a spring break thing and they decide to go deep sea fishing because they're drunk and these guys are like oh i'll take you out Mm -hmm. and uh and they catch a mermaid and it's this horrifying like what that would really be like and it's this horrifying shrieking (laughs) fish disgusting venomous thing and then they ended up they end up like uh trying to keep it alive by like dragging it around on a hook in the water. And God. then basically that acts as bait for something that eats mermaids to show up and it's this horrifying mollusk kraken thing. But yeah, I would like to tell ta- I, I that was like my thing. It was like I would take some old like myth or fable and be like, What if that actually happened? And like that was that really always fascinated me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well and you've uh continued that yeah. little little plug here. Uh, with um, Werewolf Radar. Yeah, for sure. Uh, is that... Ooh. 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 No dice. That It's funny. I'm now I'm now three for three with calls during the yeah? podcast. Sorry, that's Hollywood calling. No, it's 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 just a funny repeating pattern. Hello, no, opportunity? No. <laughs> no, I'm doing my friend's podcast. <laughs> You'll have to cast Garfield 4 elsewhere. <laughs> Was there a three? <laughs> Did they skip three? <laughs> I don't think we need to do the third one. Let's go right to four. We're, we want to make the sequel. If it's received well enough, we'll do a prequel. Mm-hmm. And then a pre-prequel. So we got yeah. one, two, four, three, two and a half. And then a frequel. <laughs> I would watch Baby Garfield. Yeah. Before he's, just to see what turned him Wouldn't cynical. Wouldn't it be called Garfield Babies? Garfield Baby. Gar- baby. Baby Field. Cloverfield. Child field. Child field. Gar kid. Uh, uh, it, it doesn't have a title. It's just... No. Uh, just baby noises. Just... Gurgle field. That sounds like dying Garfield. Yeah, right? <laughs> He's lying in an alley with a hole in his neck. Okay. <laughs> what, did he, what did he do to get plucked? He got shanked. That, that's <laughs> on a bullet hole. Oh, oh Garfield does not die clean, friend. <laughs> his is a brutal life. The brutal end. Oh. Uh, have you ever have you seen that um, comic edit? It's Garfield without John. Garfield minus or, 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 yeah, Garfield, Garfield minus Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. Fucking genius. It's, oh. it's amazing. It's so existential. So many of them just end end with John staring into the middle distance, <laughs> thinking about what he's just said or done. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. I love it. Uh, I don't. I mean, people are afraid of technology and whatever, but mm. until we have a talking cat, I don't. I don't think we're where we need to be as a society. I'm afraid of talking cats. <laughs> you know what? I'm afraid of Garfield specifically. Though Garfield never actually spoke. If you notice in the Garfield comic strips, it, it was a thought bubble. But I felt like John could understand him, which also paints the picture of a man 
who has psychic cat powers, <laughs> who doesn't tell anyone. It never comes up in the outside world. Wouldn't that be great if there was, like, he's on a date with Liz? Yeah, I know the name of John's potential girlfriend who's I know the vet. It. I know it, too. And I she's like, you. look, there's something I need to tell you. I can talk to my cat, and he is a son of a bitch. <laughs> Garfield is John's id, right? He says all the things John's too milk toast and afraid to say, and he just eats all the foods John can't eat. Okay, yeah. Kicks that dog. John just <laughs> secretly wants to kick Odie off a table all the time. Yeah. And then John's, and then Garfield minus Garfield is John post-medication for his schizophrenia. <laughs> Cows imagined. Yeah. <laughs> all right. there's, just a, there's a huge pile of lasagna yeah. <laughs> in the corner of his living room from Ooh, all the years. It's rotten, <laughs> rancid lasagna. Weird. Oh. Okay. Something happened to him on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> that was when she died. Yeah, yeah. They cool. cornered me in the break room. <laughs> Cornered me in the mess hall. Well, it's even worse because John's uh, John's a cartoonist. Is he? Yeah, that's like the very first Garfield comic. What? Yeah, it's him on a like a, a big easel. And he's a cartoonist. No shit. Yeah, that's insanity. Yeah. Oh man. There's like a whole weird Garfield mythos that's like meet that whatever. Or he's drawn the cat. Yeah, and like there's there's like this weird one-off episode where Garfield, or it's like a week. Thing uh-huh. and Garfield like enters the house and like nobody's there and he just has to cope with that for a week and it's like really dark and weird. Weird. And then there's like the, the panel like right before the end of the week that's like the imagination's a powerful thing and then the world like goes back to normal so you can be like oh, is Garfield just imagining the whole Man. world? Jim Davis is really one of the greatest existential <laughs> minds of our time. Uh, Garfield, fun cat or uh, extrapolation on the stranger? Right. Who yeah. Knows? You're way. In, you know a lot about. Are you a garfologist? No, I just spend way too much time on the internet. You're a gar freak. Gar freak. What do they call people who are into Garfield? Furries. Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Furries. Oh man, there's a. Do you ever listen? There's a podcast. Um, one of my favorite podcasts of all time is called My Brother, My Brother and Me. Okay. Uh, on Max Fun. And they do an episode where they t- they get way into Garfield like slash fiction. Oh. Like this kid writes in and he's like, "Since I was a kid, I've been writing slash fiction involving Garfield, but with like a hot human lady body, <laughs> but Garfield's head." <laughs> it's so horrifying, dude. It's really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite comic strip? Yeah, who's the interviewer now? Huh? Oh God, damn it! Oh, I'm abort, watching the Watchmen. Abort! <laughs> it's gotten away from you. Um, now I'm wearing the headphones. <laughs> Neither I, of us are wearing headphones. I really wish I had gotten that first segment. We talked about headphones and I didn't record it. Like ah, so people idiot. just have to wonder. Yeah. Imagine. It's a special, it's a treat for only you and I. Yeah. That's what this is about. Funny <laughs> papers. Um, I, I'm i not super big into American comics, oh. um, but I like Pearls Before Swine. It's probably the best. Pearls Before Swine. All best right. done. It's like the most consistently not sure. shitty. And he seems to work relatively hard at it. I had a lot. I had, Pearls of Force One is great. I like it a lot. Uh, when I say that I was into like comics, like this, this is what I'm talking about. Like I wrote a comic strip that was published. I saw, I saw briefly. Uh, you put them up on uh, Facebook. Yeah. A bit. Um, and like uh, 
Calvin and Hobbes, obviously. Farside, obviously. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bloom County. Did you ever read Bloom County? Is that the like political one? It was kind no, of political, but it, yeah, it was a little. It, basically, uh, this guy called Burke breathed has a. He he came out as when he started comics. He's like basically, I got a got a set, got a drawing set and a board, mm-hmm. and just started copying Doonesbury. <laughs> um, but it's different. It's the one with the penguin. Opus, oh, the okay, penguin. yeah, yeah. I uh, love Bloom County. Um, and then Robot Man. You remember Robot Man? Robot Ugh, Man slowly me. became uh, Monty. Okay, and it was about a guy. Who kind of reminded me of like Kramer from Seinfeld. His name was Monty, and mm-hmm. he had big weird glasses, and he lived in an apartment with a robot named okay. Robot Man. Uh, uh, and it was like it really weird and and like like messy and strange and super fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do do you like web comics? Yeah, for sure, man. Oh, uh, there, that's <sighs> yeah. XKCD, uh, mm-hmm. Oatmeal. Um, uh, Penny Penny Arcade, I read religiously. Yeah, the uh, fucking uh, I can never I can never keep teams straight. I can mm-hmm. never remind which, which one's Mike and which one's Jerry. But the mm-hmm. cartoonist is fucking yeah, he's so good. Yeah, it's so funny, <clears throat> and it's all about like 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 I'm a huge video game nerd. That's like that's mm-hmm. like my secret passion at this point is I would love to like review video games for a living. I would love to write about video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I felt like that's way up my alley. And there's also one that's in the Penny Arcade kind of umbrella uh, called Camp We Don't Want You, okay. which I really like, which is about this camp uh, full of kids who have been basically rejected by their families, and they <laughs> drop them off at this camp run by kids. Uh-huh. And uh, it's it's exactly what you would think it would be. It's just like when children are taking care of themselves, it's horrible. <laughs> uh, do you know about Casey Green? Uh-uh. Oh, what? Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, after this, I'll show you him. He's... Okay. You'll love it. Well, what is it? Uh, he's just, like... He's got a, a bunch of different projects. He's, like, one of the few guys that's, like, known as the person rather than, like, hmm. individual comics. And he's just, like, weird, fucking, really well done, absurdist, yeah. goofy shit. And it's awesome. really good. Cool. Yeah, he's he's a he's a big dog in the in that whole scene, which really? is strange to imagine. Yeah. I'm the most famous webcomic artist. I'm a big webcomic dog. <laughs> is he actually a large dog? Uh, yeah, he is Clifford. Nice. He retired, yep. and he went into... Lives in a three-story doghouse. <laughs> he cannot move. <laughs> it's filled with feces. There's only enough room to to draw each panel. Yep. Um, religion. Is that a thing? Religion is not a thing for me. Uh it's not to say that I'm an unbaptized baby. <laughs> I was uh, I was definitely uh, baptized, Episcopalian, mm-hmm. uh, and went to church a couple of times. When I was a real little kid, I think we were a little bit more involved. I remember being in a couple of nativities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a story my mom As tells about... Baby Jesus? Donkey. No, I, a donkey. <laughs> my, I thought I was supposed to be the donkey, and my mom like spent all this time trying to make a donkey costume for me and went and talked to the person and was like, look, I'm having a bitch of a time turning this kid into a donkey. <laughs> and he and the lady was like, no, he's supposed to stand next to the donkey. But all I heard was donkey. And so I was like, yes, I'm in. Um, but uh, most of my, most of my uh, church-going experience was um, 
Like when I'd stay the night at a friend's house on a Saturday and their family went to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So you had to go with them oh, and sit okay. there and it'd be all weird. Yeah. And you're like, they're like, who is this stranger who walks among us? <laughs> this heathen child we've never seen before. But I think there is a little bit of that on my, uh, like my grandma is, is fairly sort of religious. She goes to church and stuff, but she's never been like, She's not overly vocal about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mom, in a sense. But uh, my mom's got... The, the whole Scottish side of things, there's like this weird sort of uh, undercurrent of like like Middle England Scots... Not paganism, mm-hmm. but like mysticism. Like, okay. like, like believing like in... Voodoo? I mean, that's, I know <laughs> yeah. it's not a one-to-one. No, but like, we're that's mountain voodoo people. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but like... Um, like not really superstition, but like there's little there's little things that kind of go through the family where it's like like tea reading, you know okay. about that? Mm-hmm. Like and and kind of offshoots of that. Like you never, you know, you never stir your tea with a knife because that'll okay that'll like... bring something down on us. Okay, or, and there's there's little spells and things <laughs> going on there. So yeah, but like like you said, werewolf radar. I've always had kind of a huge interest in these mm-hmm. in things ethereal, and uh, and uh, I do think there's really interesting things that happen within religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the human mind is a very powerful thing, and I think if you believe in something strong enough, uh, it can have physiological effects. Uh, people can believe that they're speaking to God. People can develop stuff like stigmata uh, mm-hmm. and like like signs of demonic possession, things like this. But it's more like uh, like it's it's weird to talk about these things as like uh, a scientific aspect, mm-hmm. but like when I see shit like that and shit like that is happening, like things people believe these things are happening to them, and there is weird stuff happening all around the world every single day. And I my main thing is like, why is that happening? What makes that happen? Mm-hmm. Like even if it's something within someone's mind, just because they believe in something so strong, that's equally fascinating to me. Yeah. It's like crazy. You made that happen. You made your eyes bleed because <laughs> you believed in something so strongly. Well, I, I, I think that's a good way to approach it. Is yeah. you're examining it at least a little critically, and mm. you know, I think anybody who's just goes, "Oh, well, my hands started bleeding. That's pretty yeah. cool." Yeah, um, I don't think anyone's ever said that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, look. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Christmas morning, right? I got my period. <laughs> my hand period. <laughs> Finally, I'm becoming a Jesus. <laughs> my hands are going to be bloated for the next week. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but it, it's so it's kind of like wives' tales, like taken a little more seriously. Is just kind of what yeah. she's into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. And even that's not like a huge like we don't gather around and put on antlers and you know. <laughs> cut into a king cake or something uh whoever gets the bean will be sacrificed to the crops <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah i don't know man it's uh i think i think there's a i think there's a value in religion i think if people use it responsibly it mm. can it can really help them out but uh there's also a lot of fucked up shit that people do because of something they believe yeah yeah i think it's like anything you can use it you can wield it or you can you can just kind of have it as a structure Sure. Do you, excuse me, if you had to lean like a way, is there a way you'd lean or you just kind of. What do you mean? Like uh, Christianity, Judaism, uh, Islam, Buddhism. uh, No. Okay. Like honestly, like at this point, 
specifically, I think like my family has has a footing in Christianity. Yeah, but like at this point, I think I think they're all equally valuable mm-hmm. uh, or equally dangerous, <laughs> depending on whose hands they're in. And they're all fascinating. They've all got really cool uh, theology in general is is really cool, and it all kind of starts at this one nut. Mm-hmm. That, you know, the first time someone was like, what does the sun want? <laughs> and then it turned and then it turned into all this other shit. And it's so funny how like, you know, like, like is like Islam and Christianity are now these warring factions, more or less mm-hmm. in, in their own home states at times. Uh, whereas it's like, you, this is all this all started in the same pond, y'all. Yeah. The same fish crawled out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. It's a bummer, but I don't I don't know if we'll ever get it figured out on a podcast. I think we will, man. Let's keep going. <laughs> and here to talk about it is God, <laughs> maker of all things. I feel like hey, I'm, how you doing? <laughs> I feel like I'm so bad at promotion that if I got God on my podcast, I would still only get like 10 viewers. Yeah. <laughs> so how many subscribers do you have? It's me, Jerry God. <laughs> I spend my summers in Brooklyn uh, and my winters in Brooklyn. <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs> I live in heaven. <laughs> Jerry Godkowski. <laughs> Godkowitz. Uh, when I came to Ellis Island, they changed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shortened it to God. <laughs> my father, God Senior. Yeah. <laughs> Mean son of a bitch. Yeah, he just loved. a bastard. He was a bastard alive, and he's a bastard dead. Yeah, it's good fun. That's jolly. Yeah. Um, acting. You mentioned acting a acting. little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah, man. I uh, I try to. I have a commercial agent here in town. I try to get oh. uh, commercial work. They send me cool. on a lot of auditions. I book maybe three percent of them <laughs> uh but it's enough to keep the lights on i mean that's that's what i'm doing right Holy now shit. is is uh com- between commercial work and comedy I'm, I'm i managed to pay the bills damn dude that's great yeah that's really great how'd uh yeah. that's yeah well, why not we'll go into it how'd, how'd you shack up with him just, oh, you I, uh, you just crush all the time. Yeah, no, it's a it's an agency here in town called a uh, Big Fish. I actually got on a commercial. There was like an open audition. Uh, there, we know some people in like like the comedy and film communities are kind of. There's a few links there. Nick's Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, Futuristic Films, uh, pulls from the from the kind of comedy talent here in town when they have open auditions. And they did one of those, and I actually booked it, uh, which was for a pretty big uh, like get out the vote campaign. And, oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those were those are great commercials. Yeah, they were totally fun. And uh, the dude who directed it, Jamin Winans, is a, a fucking awesome director. He directed Ink, and uh, there's a movie called The Frame that just came out that that he put me in. Actually, he called me up and he was like, "Hey, I got a part for you in this movie," uh, and that was super cool. But after doing that commercial, um, I was talking to him. I was like, "I was like, hey man, I really think I need to get an agent. I want to do this. Like, this is something that I want to do." Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me how to go about it. He was just like, "Call him up. I'll send him an email uh, saying that you're you're a good actor." And I called up Big Fish, and they had a meeting. And I just I had to stand in front of two people and do my stand up comedy. Okay, uh, they didn't laugh at all. Uh, and it was some pretty dirty, weird stuff. <laughs> and uh, when it was over, they went. Okay, we will represent you. And I was like, "What just happened?" And uh, yeah, now they they send me out on auditions. Beautiful! Wow, yeah. that's that's really great that you can 
make a living off that stuff in yeah I away mean, from la that's i'm that's not living great, great but <laughs> fucking who yeah. is yeah right <laughs> i do have a playstation 4 i will say that much that's I which can't, i can't ask for which more. i bought when i had a steady job <laughs> <laughs> but i haven't gotten it taken away yet yeah right it's when the the Progress. people from the bank come <laughs> Look, I mean, if you're about to go into financial trouble, all you need, just make your last purchase a firearm yeah. and then see what the bank no, can no, take. Get, no, get a, get a, <laughs> no, get a PlayStation 4 and then put it under your coat and rob a bank. <laughs> what is that, a PlayStation 3? No. <laughs> Look, it's a lot sharper. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. A guy, like, breaking into a bank with, using the corner of a PS4. Yeah. Like, into a diamond mine. Jimmy and... <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yep. Perfect. I, <laughs> uh, um... Which, which do you think has a little more of a, like, place in your heart? Acting or comedy? Or you'd do both? Uh, I'd like to do both. I uh, honestly like comedy has been. I've been in a bit of a, a comedic desert lately. Uh, I've coming up with new material has been pretty difficult. I think it's just because you know change of the seasons, feeling mm. kind of down thing. Okay. Uh, I I would like to get way more back into comedy. Um, acting at this point is is great, but unless it's like a huge project that I'm really excited about, mm-hmm. like it's hard to get passionate about like. Like, so what are we doing? We're fucking, I'm supposed to be a nerd in your commercial for some sort of mm-hmm. cell phone thing. Sure. Uh, and of course, I'll, tr- I'll try to do it as best I can, but like, there's there's nothing like doing stand-up comedy well, you know? And yeah. that's that's where you're having the most fun. Mm-hmm. And that's where you feel alive for once. <laughs> for once in over three years. You feel <laughs> something, man. Just, just anything. Well, if it makes you feel better... All your new stuff I've seen has been pretty on point. Yeah, it's thanks, got buddy. Strong legs. It does. I've been trying. To, I've been trying to run out the new stuff, uh, but I don't. I don't like sit down and write as much as I like to because, like, that's when I actually get good shit. But like, mm-hmm. like if I was to do that, I don't know. Like people will tell you, everybody does it differently, and uh, a lot of people don't sit down and write. People, some people just see something funny and then recount it on stage, and there's there's such a personality that they can make it work. Or some people will just work shit out on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas like my best stuff has always come from like having an idea, sitting down, punching it out, mm-hmm. and then making it seem like I'm working it out on stage. You know? Okay. And so that's that's what I wish I would do more. And I don't even know why I say wish. Like I could do it. I could be doing it right now. <laughs> yeah. So how long does it usually cast over? <laughs> how long does it usually take you to go from like j- just strictly writing to go from like idea to pounding it out to? Yeah, no, I mean it's it depends on the joke. Like some of this shit falls out fully formed, mm-hmm. uh, whereas other things it's like God, like Jesus. There's fucking jokes that I've been working on for like two years. Yeah, and just like I have this idea and I'm trying to crack this nut and it never works. And then the worst thing is when you see someone. Like tell the joke, and you're like, "Well, he's done it. Oh. He's done it perfectly." Oh, geez. and I can never tell that joke now. I love all your written stuff, like all in your riff stuff too. Yeah, thanks. Um, man. Sometimes, like if I just go outside and like it's cold out and it's snowing, yeah, I'll catch myself singing like, "Baby, there's bats outside." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
I love it. That's that's one of those ones that I'm like, not sure why this works, but it definitely does <laughs> because Willie Nelson is a hysterical voice. Ben's talking about a joke that I tell. <laughs> Where I make fun of American treasure, <laughs> Willie Nelson, Will Wilson Nelson. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, We're recording this in my house, by the way. That's oh yeah. Uh, I should should have mentioned that. Um, this is really graciously being recorded in uh, Jordan's house. I really the room pre- that I rent. That's my roommate Chelsea. Say hello, Chelsea. Hello. I really appreciate you doing that. I don't. Yeah. Have, you don't have a home. I don't have a home. I understand. I live in. Any car big enough that I can fit under. Yeah. Which is most cars. <laughs> most cars. <laughs> I just, just can't. No low riders. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Man, I oh, we're only 54 minutes in. We got to go at least triple this time. Okay. Um, uh, I can I was, I can remember. So you're you're a little more comfortable with written stuff, but one of the mm-hmm. most impressive things I can remember seeing you do was it was at Kinga's mm-hmm. back when you were hosting it, and there was um, the heckler, a uh, homeless guy, mm-hmm. uh, tried to come on stage. I don't remember it being super aggressive, but he definitely wanted to get on yeah. stage, and you just remained like completely in control. Yeah, and that fucking blew my mind. Like you didn't hesitate, but it wasn't aggressive. It was yeah. just really well done it's it's weird man it's I don't, I don't do great with hecklers like if it's someone who's clearly being an asshole and i think i can turn the whole room against mm-hmm. them like that's fine mm-hmm. but like generally it's just uh it's just a matter of of being like okay you need to shut up now because i have a microphone and i'm going to overpower you one way or another uh-huh. uh but like that shit can throw a wrench in my works like nothing else like it, it would happen a lot more like when i started out of mm-hmm. just being like oh no someone's talking and like trying to think of something funny to say, and then it would just completely derail, and I'd end up looking like an asshole because it is easy to get angry at that shit, you know. And then yeah. you you freak out and you scream at somebody, and then all of a sudden the tone is soured, yeah. and everyone's like, "Ooh, this is bad now." Mm-hmm. But uh, you know who is you know who's a great inspiration for me on that? Who's that? Is um, first of all, Aaron Urist. Yeah, that dude. I met him, uh, he was a friend of an ex-girlfriend, and he wasn't doing stand-up comedy at the time. I hung out with him and smoked pot and played video games, and I was like, yeah, I'm a stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm a stand-up comedy. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, you're really funny, you should try it, and he did it, and now he's a fucking crusher, you know, everywhere yeah. he goes. But nobody will, nobody destroys a heckler like that guy does, and it's yeah. it's so impressive every time he does it. It's like, when he gets up and he's like, when they say something, he's like... I'm so glad you said something because I thought of all these great things to say to you. And then he gets to unload them. Uh, but also Nathan Lund. Uh, when I was first starting okay. out, uh, Nathan Lund, that dude, like there's something about like, it's almost like he's doing, he could be doing comedy in like a foxhole in World War II <laughs> and still be like fucking lovable Lundy, you know, yeah. like just fucking super calm, super funny. Like, like you seem like you're great to hang around. Like he's, his grace under fire is unparalleled. I've seen him lose it maybe one time, mm-hmm. and it was so out of character that I was like, "Oh no!" Ugh. But like, dude, that guy. Like, we've done some shit shows together, mm-hmm. and he's always just having such a great time. I'm like, "How do you do that, man? I would be fucking floundering so hard uh-huh. if this was happening to me." What does he say? Uh, n- nothing. Generally, it's it's <laughs> like the type of th- it's not really in what he says; it's just in the way that he is. Well, no, I, I I I I didn't speak right. What did? When you asked him, how do you keep calm? What did he say? I've never asked him that. Oh, okay. I, I've never asked him just because I've been like, you need to be more like Lund. And the thing is, like, in the moment, like, you can always be like, what would Aaron Uris do? What uh, would Nathan Lund do? Sure. And okay. you're huh. just like, ah, okay. 
I like that. Yeah. And also, it's just, you know, it's, it's <clears throat> fucking comedy. You spend enough time on stage, it starts to become your habitat. And then it's like, yeah. you know, I am a creature of this place. <laughs> You're nothing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who are your, I mean, Nathan and Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have other, like, big influences, like people you look up to both Here locally? In town? I mean, just in general. It doesn't even have to be okay. comedy, but, like, locally, nationally, globally. Um, overall, uh, dudes like... Um uh, here in town, uh, I think Nate Balding is one of the funniest people yeah. that exists in Denver. Uh, Andrew Orvidal is like probably my favorite comic. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, like like bigger names that that I really like. Uh, Kanane is unstoppable. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, Matt Bronger I really like. Uh, Andy Haynes mm-hmm. is a funny dude. Uh, I think that's who I'm thinking of. I always get him and Peters mixed up, and the, like they couldn't be fucking more different guys. <laughs> Andy Peters wears a hat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, Andy Peters just put out the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he wears uh, a Andy little, Peters little also hat. a really funny guy and a, and, a, yeah. and a super nice guy. He had me on his podcast one time. But uh, Andy Haynes, I've I've scarcely laughed as as hard at anyone else as I have at some of his shit. Okay. It's fucking hysterical. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, <laughs> just thought of a stupid thing, so I'll say it. Mm. Uh, women in comedy. What's your th- thoughts on that? Uh, Have we I'm gone too far? For them. <laughs> Gosh, they look pretty up there, don't they? <laughs> no, uh, it's it's great, and I I think it sucks that it's a. Uh, see, the thing is, there's no way to lead into this conversation without sounding like a fucking condescending, like chauvinist prick. I think it's great what they're trying to do out there. Uh, <laughs> I think it's ridiculous that it's even a question at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there, of course there are fucking funny women. Yeah. And, like, the worst thing is, like, you'll hear people get into these, like, like pseudo, like, they sound like some sort of weird, like, 1950s racist doctor who's talking about, like, well, the female brain is not designed to <laughs> understand humor <laughs> and the evolutionarily speaking the men would have to make ladies laugh in order to trick them into breeding you're just like this is fucking ridiculous um and it is it's totally ridiculous of course there are funny women of course there i mean we've got some of the funniest right here in town uh i think it's sad that we've kind of cultivated this um this atmosphere or i want to say myth but it's not a myth there are dudes from an older school of comedy who don't pay attention to women when they go on stage they'll walk out of the room you know they'll yeah they won't give them good spots they won't give them a shot they won't do stuff like that yeah but it's sad that we've cultivated that kind of environment where more i think more women would would be coming to comedy if they didn't see it as so much of a boys club you know yeah it's adversarial enough but at the same time at the same time some people suck at comedy (laughs) But everyone can get better. Yeah. Yeah. Except for one Except for a couple of people. (laughs) I'm trying to think of it now, and I'm like, oh, there was a couple of people who definitely did not get better. But, man, they were there every night. Yeah. Just hurting themselves. That's my biggest fear in comedy, more than anything else. What? Is it just being one of those guys who's, you've been at an open mic for several, like, Decades. Well, you're already not that guy. Like I, like I said, I, well, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I've seen you come a long way. Well, thank you, man. That's yeah. that's very kind. But that's yeah. like, I almost want to name names and then just bleep it out. Yeah, no, but don't I do won't. It. No, um, well, I think we know who we're talking about. Yeah, 
And and even if we're talking about two different people, we're kind of talking about the same person. Yeah, it's it's like a weird. Like they'll kind of have the same yeah. brain, like the same inability to move forward. There's a thing where people want something so bad that they just keep going. And fucking like honestly, who are we to tell someone not yeah. to follow their dream? Yeah. But like, yeah, you're right. The thing is, if you're if you're okay, if you're trying to play guitar. Uh, and you don't know when you've hit a wrong chord, mm-hmm. and you just keep going like you're just bang, 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 and then you get done, and you're like, "Whoa, that felt great!" <laughs> it's like you're not going to be better at the guitar if you don't know what you're doing wrong. No. And when people come off stage and they've just eaten shit, and everyone's seen it, yeah. and they're like, "Man, crushed it up there!" <laughs> and you're like, "No, dude, you didn't." Well, you'd never say that though. You'd just be like, uh, "You know, Christy Buckley, uh-huh. her catch-all for that type of thing." Uh-huh. She goes, did you have fun up there? <laughs> Which is completely hysterical, because now when people say that to me, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, you can't, you'd never tell them like, hey, that really sucked. And you yeah. need to think about what you're doing. I don't know, man. I mean, that happened to me, and it crushed me, but it helped in the long run. Somebody said that to you? Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I did not have an easy time at yeah. 18, 19. Sure. But I mean, part of that was just being a young, dumb right. asshole, and I definitely could have been doing comedy a lot better. But yeah. I feel like people bullying the fuck out of me yeah. definitely helped. Yeah, and I mean, I had it too. You know, like when I first started, there was definitely a couple of times where it was just like people being dicks and people uh, just—it's all that breaking through the ice of comedy thing. You know, it's like who the fuck is this guy? People yeah. talking, people fucking other comics heckling you. There, I remember two of my. Two of my favorite people in the world these days sitting in the back of the room making fart noises as I tried to tell jokes. <laughs> and then Sam Talent got up and told them off uh, nice. and was like, Jordan Dahl is the nicest guy. You guys are being real fucks. Sam's the fucking greatest. I would I yeah. would not be doing comedy today if it wasn't for Sam Talent. There were so many times when I was just like, I don't think I should be doing this. He's like, no, you're hilarious. Keep doing it. Well, hell yeah, man. That's yeah. great. Well, you and comedy's better for you fucking being in it, dude. Here's trying. Um, yeah, fucking, it's uh, oh, kind of going back to the like, doctor, women aren't funny. Yeah, Here's, yeah. I, I hate that. Yeah, so much mm-hmm. when people talk about evolution. Yeah. and shit, and like they don't couldn't describe it. They haven't read a word of Darwin, but yeah. they're like. <laughs> Well, we men yeah. were bred to be hunters. Yeah, yeah. Women were g- gatherers. <laughs> there's, there's nothing scarier than people with science behind their psychobabble. Like people who have a theory and try to connect it to. <laughs> like, I, I, here's a joke that I still haven't cracked. Okay. And it's based on this idea: is like uh, racism. The racists that are most vocal and like the weird, like shooting pistol in the air, those kind of racists, like uh-huh. those are not the ones that you need to worry about. The ones who are, who basically sound like they're scared of various Pokemon. <laughs> they're just like, well, it's all the damn slipper wizards coming in here. Still all these, come on earth crickets. You're just like, what dude? No. Okay. You're harmless. <laughs> you're an imbecile and you'll probably end up killing yourself accidentally cleaning a rifle. Um, like the ones you need to worry about are the ones who like have the weird science behind it and talk about like, like the spacing of the South Asian male by cuspids. <laughs> you're like, oh god, you're the you're the you're the scary guy. <laughs> you're the guy with big words and Ooh. scary theories. But yeah, people try to attach like, and it's so weird when someone will have like a scientific mind and seem kind of level headed about these things, 
but then have this crackpot theory that they try to they try to smooth over with this science that they're just sort yeah. of you know just sort of clipping to the end of it just shoving shoving science in the spokes of their crazy bike it's it's all just rationalization one yeah. way or the other but like yeah i agree when people are like well if we just all we have to do is just delete this little part of the dna and yeah no more of that huh yeah no more gays <laughs> or chinese <laughs> Like, okay. Strangely, still gay Chinese people, though. Yeah. We can't it's get the, past that. It's like, it's like Neo in The Matrix. It's the outlier. <laughs> once once every few generations, a super gay Chinese <laughs> guy comes out. He's the one. <laughs> um, uh, oh, shit. Man. Oh, damn it. I had one. I had a thought for you. It's gone now. I'll bet it was stupid. <laughs> uh, the dumber, the better. Yeah. I'm going to release a special cut uh, where it's just 20 minutes of all the coughs. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <On the podcast>. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What else? I feel like we're getting to the meat of it. That's really going to bug me now. I wonder, what we... I wonder what that was. Anyway, go on. No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just searching for hmm. discussion stuff. I, I used to have a little whole topic thing but dock it we'll just pick something okay um dinosaurs former against them <laughs> um i think it's a big conspiracy i don't think dinosaurs ever i think they exist now but i don't think they existed then if that makes sense how do you <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about dinosaurs in comedy um i think there's a reason there's dinosaur specific clubs and they can go there. I right. think that's where they, but should. isn't it weird that we can't go there? Uh, I mean like Bill Burke could go to like a dinosaur club. That's true. Yeah. Rush really hard. Yeah. But not you or me. No, I don't. That's you could. Shit. Um, okay. So let's like get it. spacing of a pack of cephalosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's get into, I guess like the more emotional side of like comedy and like okay. failure and stuff. <laughs> Oh God! It feels so right. <laughs> Go on. Um, which do you feel more like a bad bomb or like a, a really good crush? Like which sticks with you longer? The crush. That's good. Like we've all we've all bombed, you know, and you know that it's not. I mean, you get to a point where you you know that it's you know something was off. You know, maybe I was off. Maybe this isn't the type of audience that likes my jokes. Maybe. You know, my dick was hanging out, and I didn't notice it the whole time. But everybody bombs, so I think I think if you can make it through the first few years of bombing all the time, mm-hmm. then uh, um, again, this is something that Sam Talent told me when I was first starting out. He was like, he was like, you know, everybody bombs in the beginning, and uh, those those good shows seem rare, and then eventually it starts to even out where you're having as many good shows as you are bad shows, mm-hmm. and then eventually it's uh, the good shows when you have a bad show it's strange but i mean then you'll be equipped to deal with it you know yeah so when you bomb you walk away and you're just like well fuck that one up get them next time but when it goes really well you're just like god damn it i'm alive (laughs) i'm never gonna die well um nothing feels like crushing does like when you fucking absolutely destroy on stage it's i think it's the reason it ate my life you know the first few times that it went well it was just like it was like fuck. That was all me. That was all shit that I wrote, yeah. and and they loved it. That's great, man. Um, that's like what the really like huge athletes say too. Yeah. Is the, um, 
losses don't mean as much as a win does. Yeah. And that's like what the big dog athletes are chasing mm-hmm. is the win and other people are just trying not to lose. Yeah. So that's a good thought. Um, here's something I've always been fascinated with because I have just so little self-awareness up there, which mm. I could easily remedy by recording. Um, how do you like judge how well like a set goes? Do you just have kind of like a, a laugh meter in your head yeah. and once it goes over green, then you're pretty satisfied yep. with it? That's exactly what it is. I mean, I, 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 I couldn't tell you. You, you, get done, you get done with a set and you immediately know how it went. Mm-hmm. You know when people are like, hey, great job if that's a lie or if they're <laughs> embellishing it just because you did decent, mm-hmm. but you know, when you crush, you know, yeah. when you get done and you're just like, fuck did it, got them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're laughing the whole time. They're, they're loving it. They're slapping their knees. They come up to you afterwards. Like, Oh, that thing you did about the thing. Yeah. Hmm. What's like the best show you've had? Uh, it's a good question, man. There's a couple that stick out in my mind, like uh, specifically, specifically from when, like I started doing comedy. There's been a couple of times at Comedy Works where I've I've completely like like gold medal, crushed the house, brought it down. Nice. Uh fucking High Plains have always been really good shows for me. There was one time at Stargazers in uh in um Colorado Springs. It was an old venue, it's not there anymore, but they would bring us all down and I was pretty new. Uh, and I went out and it was like, there was a bunch of kind of big names on the show that like people I really respect. It was the first time I did a show with, uh, with Ben Roy mm-hmm. and, uh, I went out and destroyed and, uh, nice. and afterwards people were just like, Jesus, where did you come from? And I was like, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> uh, fine gentlemen's club. I was on the first, uh, too much fun that okay. they did down at the Rockaway. And uh-huh. I, again, I was real green, like mm-hmm. just coming out of the gate. And uh, they put me up like second and destroyed, and it was fucking fantastic. That was huge for me. Nice. Um, but yeah, like uh, like new faces contest, like w- winning yeah. that one was was pretty huge. Uh, there's been a couple of times at the Oriental where I've been like, yeah, got him. But you know, it happens so often. It's hard to <laughs> it's hard to pin down. <laughs> Had a great time at Olivers in Nebraska recently. It was the last show. Uh, of our tour, we did like a little werewolf radar kind of mini tour thing, and uh, we were in Omaha at Olivers, and uh, I was headlining the thing, and it was it was really weird because I was exhausted, and like uh, like when I get to a point of exhaustion, I start getting like anxiety and having like almost panic attacks. So you can tell when I'm doing that because I'll have a stool on stage, and I'll it's the only time I'll sit down doing stand up because it's like I gotta sit down uh-huh. and drink some water or else I'm gonna pass out or something. Jeez. Uh, and it was a real muted kind of strange like usually i'm like blah like kind of uh-huh. like uh strange voices and shit and um but it, it crushed they really liked it and that was, that was really fun it was a, it was a good way to round out the the whole thing it was like all right man these people really dig that i've heard uh real good things about olivers what kind of place is it it's like just a bar it's like it's kind of a, a club it's just a little bar nice yeah it's cool it's an awesome bar guy gave us a bunch of beer brats afterwards it was fun nice yeah even better Continue that meat sweats tour. Yeah. What uh, What's next for Jordan Dahl then? Oh shit! I don't know, man. If I can get If I can get enough money together, I'll probably take a stab at LA or something like that. Yep. Uh, I'd like to get out there for a couple of months and just do some shows and mm-hmm. try to get some acting work. You know, see see what can happen. Um, but at at this point, it would have to be like it would be like a big commercial or something, like landing something that can give me, you know, some rad Cushion. nest egg. Yeah. And like head out there and and figure that out. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, like I said, keeping the lights on, 
doing doing I'd like to get some new material. <laughs> <laughs> like to like to crack bust through that wall. Uh-huh. Uh and I I do write new material, you know, and I I yeah. say things that that work, but like it's there's a difference between a new joke that people laugh at uh and a joke that I'm really proud of. You know, yeah. like something where I'm like fucking crushed it finally got that one. What's like a recent joke that you are proud of? That's the thing, man. It's been a long time. Like the last one that was a that was a real slam dunk for me was uh, probably that Android iPhone thing. That was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, that was like there's like because there's jokes and then there's jokes, you know, like like yeah. Grand Slam. Like that was the last kind of triple A one. And honestly, like I'm sort of overtelling it at this point because <laughs> you love uh, it so much. I do like the thing about uh, like buying her a diamond and like doing yeah. like the creepy jewelry store guy. Uh, but that never hits as hard as I want it to. Like, I think it's funnier than I think most people do. Hmm. Um, but the thing is like, I got this whole rack of like half built, like, like 16 something jokes where I'm just like, that's going to be a funny joke. And I just can't figure out how it goes together. Hmm. Um, not that I'm anyone to give advice, but have you tried just riffing going up and yeah riffing it? sure man and the problem is i get into these ruts where it's like this is how i've decided to come at this joke so i have a hard a hard time like repositioning myself and coming at it from a completely different angle sure and i think that i think i would hammer that out in writing i think it's just i gotta get i gotta get more strict about writing i gotta do like shit an hour a day an hour a week would be more than i'm taking a stab at it at this point like right now i'm sort of in this place where it's like i'll write down these ideas i'll get on stage i'll try to riff it out mm-hmm. uh and that's not how i do things you know i need i need to sit down and need to have this kind of discipline where it's like think about this and that's not working so think about it a different way and try that out gotcha yeah, yeah it's like it's it's difficult to mm-hmm. have it's the life that's... we chose <laughs> well when did you write that um the the vodka joke oh that's brand new it's funny pretty solid yeah it's It's a funny idea but it's still not there the thing is like what i find so funny about it is the idea of like these infused vodkas like being this ghoulish gallery of half-formed fucking medical experiments and like whenever i get to that part which is the part that i think is so funny people are like okay Uh do something else (laughs) i'm like no no that's the funny that's the funny and I got to figure out a way to make that as funny as it is in my mind because when you come in and you see these fucking bell jars with lumps and colored liquid <laughs> floating in them, it's like, mm, I, who's thirsty? <laughs> who's really thirsty for whatever that is? Man, that's a great thought. What is that? A jar of debris? Mm, I'll have some of that. Was this once alive? <laughs> Feels like it. I really like that. Like, I have to make it as funny as it is in my mind. That's a yeah. really. Yeah. Fucking cool approach. Well, that's the thing is like, like if there's a reason you find something funny, you know, and I think a huge part of it is just making other people see why that's funny mm-hmm. because it can be so weird. And it's like, we all have weird senses of humor, but if, if it makes you laugh, there's a reason that it makes you laugh. And I, like, that's a question that I'll ask a lot is like, why is this funny? What, what is the one thing that makes this funny to you? And if you can answer that, then I think you can kind of spin off of that Yeah, and be like, it's funny because who would want to drink that? You know, what <laughs> fucking monster comes in? What weird Victor Frankenstein guy comes in like, do you have anything with something floating in it? <laughs> something partially putrefied? Uh, good investment on the pop mics. Yeah. <laughs> putrefied. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, all right. We're nearing the end of time. I want to end it with, end it with a crusher. Okay. I want to just crush some conversation. Just fucking destroy it. I want uh, 
I want I want the the people over at Serial to hear it and break their keyboard. Yeah, they're just those so, fuckers. They're so upset. I couldn't keep up with that. <laughs> I I didn't even try. Yeah, um, I listened to a couple of them and it just kind of like. I don't know. Too many twists and turns. I'm like, you keep lying to me. <laughs> Why? I'll, re- I'll read the wiki on it. Yeah. Once everything's all said and done. Yeah. Uh, well, I do appreciate uh, very much you doing this. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, man. Somebody, Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you for doing it. Um, shit. This is why you need notes. This, mm. is, this is why you can't, can't just riff everything. Yeah. Write out a little bit of it. Yeah, you can. Okay, let's... Clicks, pops, <laughs> beetles. Um, okay, um, let's let's just keep pounding away at stand-up. It's a stand-up episode. Okay. Um, what would you like to like get accomplished in your joke career? Uh, honestly, like, um, if I could do if I could if I could do comedy for a living comfortably mm-hmm. uh like a steady job uh and still be happy doing it that's what i would want because like honestly like when it comes down to it i'd rather i'd rather not make a whole lot of money and be uh be happy with myself as a comic be writing the material i want be performing to the audiences i want be you know my people to like the podcast to be able to act uh in you know cool projects and stuff like that i'd rather do that and at least have a roof over my head than mm-hmm. do that and, you know, make a ton of money at it or something. Sure. So honestly, I think at this point is just, um, what I want to do is to, uh, keep writing, keep doing jokes that I like, keep, keep doing cool shows. That's great, man. That's, yeah. I think yeah, you really think about it the right way, the way you prioritize it and just the way you go about jokes and you're just, it's the idea, man. But I mean, really fucking, it's 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 hard. It's hard for everybody. You know, we all have we all have those moments of doubt, and we all have that that thing that's like maybe you should find you're 31. Maybe it's time <laughs> to think about an actual human job. But then the the simple fact is, I'm not 31. <laughs> I'm about 16, yeah. really, yeah. when it comes down to it. Uh, and that part is just like, no way, bro. <laughs> Buy a new skateboard. Learn how to do a kickflip. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, crushing it. Indeed. Jordan, thank you so, so much for doing the man. Of course. Really, really Can we high five it. over the table? Yeah. Okay, guys. Thank you. Uh, this has been Ships in the Night. Thank you for listening.